Okay, well, welcome to Virtually Connected. For the Thursday, the 17th of August, I'm Desh Malani. And I'm Garth Brealy. And we are going to talk to you about virtual reality and stuffs and things for you today. All right. So what do we have on the list today, Daesh? Um, we're going to run through some uh, demos that I tried out. Yep, we're going to do, um, as always, we're going to put you into some demos. Well, I'll put you in some t- into some demos. We're going to get your opinions on them. Uh, I guess they were chosen specifically to be uh, somewhat relevant to what we're going to talk about. Mm. Uh, just talk about what's happening around the local environment, around um, Science Week and all these other things and uh, people's interest in virtual reality at the moment. Okay. Then just go into... Um, uh, move into social VR and just kind of speak about that a bit more and then just go through tech updates and hopefully have a good time as we do it. Alright, sounds good. Okay, so um, basically we're going to start with your trials. Um, So the first trial I put you into was probably the most violent but most I would say what it creates the most agency that's for sure if you want to call it that way. Um, That it's a very active demo made by um, by Epic to show off their Unreal Engine, mm-hmm. um, um, and it's called Robot Recall. Basically, you're in the future. Um, there's robots everywhere. They go haywire, which is also a very popular topic at the yep. moment, as far as robot apocalypse goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> AI is a big topic. AI is like going to kick your laws. ass. We got to make all these laws to limit it yeah. before we. What is it? Um, was it zero point or something like that? What do they call that? Um, where there's this no no uh, where AI takes over singularity. That's what they Sing- call it. Singularity Sing- is singular. where uh, then technology cannot progress any further, um, and then you hit like a point of um, where you can't actually make. Uh, that I guess that's more like Moore's law, where uh, we we can't actually produce technology fast enough. But the singularity would be. I guess, I don't know, singularities have all kinds of things. It's the beginning of the universe. But it's a point usually is you can't go past. Was where, um, <clears throat> was where sort of AI becomes self-aware, like in the Terminator films, and then, yeah. then, then we're basically fucked. Well, I guess you could, be, you could call that the singularity on the graph, <laughs> where they get to a point where they accelerate to yeah. infinitely and therefore become self-aware. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're which is all scary. Off, off topic. So the robot's going to take over, and um, yeah. yeah, you probably missed a bit of the backstory. So because I did put you in, in like a level two or something, but you yeah. get the idea. They were basically trying to kill you, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so tell us what you think about it. Um, well, immediately I thought it was very similar to the game Time Crisis. Uh, it sort of had that feel. It reminded me of that mainly because it's sort of that first-person shooter, and and you're madly trying to shoot these uh, robots so they're coming at you, but. I mean, it was it was really uh, fluid. Like it, uh, the technology and the programming was really easy to use. It was you know intuitive. You know, I didn't I had no training. I did no sort of demos or anything like that. And immediately, you know, you could pick up the the guns and shoot the robots and stuff. And and uh, it was quite exciting. But I could also see, um, yeah, like you said, it's sort of one of the most violent games that I've tried out because um, you know you really sort of. Um, tempted to swing your arms around and you can pick up the robots and you can see yeah. how you could really hurt yourself like <laughs> yeah i think yeah and i i think um for the people who haven't seen it it's physically violent in the sense that mm. it's not violent violence it's actually you are moving at a high velocity yeah. trying to hit things yeah um so you, many a time 
I have hit pieces of furniture in my house. Yeah. Uh, my neighbor yesterday punched me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, and everyone who plays it usually tr- either hurts me, or I, I hurt them, or something else bad happens. Yeah, it's um, like you should ha- you should be playing in a sort of yeah. a padded cell or something like that. You know. Yeah, it's more violent in this world than it is in the actual virtual world. And that's, uh, oh. You can see how you go wild um, in it, um, for sure. Um, one of the things that was. Uh, I guess I don't know just intuitive as well is that you can actually grab the robot and like throw it on the ground or rip its arm off kind of thing and um, yeah and yeah it's beat just, it to death with its own arm yeah beat it and it's it's, it's very satisfying mm. I must admit as far as a game <laughs> I could see how I could I could spend a lot of time in there and get a lot of yeah, like, just pretend it's like running Windows 10 or something and you <laughs> it's crashed on you for the last time I've had enough yeah um, yeah and I guess. With all these things, it comes with the idea that um, you can get away with anything as long as it's a robot. Yeah. Like, if you're actually ripping people's arms off and beating them to, to death with them, yes. that if would it's be a zombie, slightly it's insulting. Okay. If it's, I guess zombies are the closest things to humans in... or you know, People in, seem to be to yeah. think of them as pretty much... Even though they were people. They were people. I believe, yeah. depending on the storyline. Um, yeah. They are. Uh, they don't seem to like mind doing terrible things to them. I think that they're at the point of no feelings? return. And zombies don't have feelings either, especially if they're Nazis. Well, according zombies. to Brad Pitt, um, <laughs> I think it's Brad Pitt in that movie. Aren't they just people with slightly poisoned, and then they have an antidote? Oh yeah, right. So everyone they've killed up to that point, they're like, "Oh, we probably shouldn't have killed that person." <laughs> <laughs> well, I assume later on they're like, oh, "That was probably." Um, uh, avoidable yeah, some, yeah. some of those deaths yeah you didn't, you didn't have to kill your mum you know I know he was like oh I accidentally <laughs> fell onto the push button or whatever it's called but um so that was what was that game called again uh, Robot Recall and that was actually um I could really see the value in that as well even in the the demo the intro scene there mm. before I got into the game there were these um creepy kind of spider things jumping around and I actually felt like this emotional I felt the emotion of fear. I felt, yeah. I, felt, I was actually like, those things I get that too. I and they're going to come and get game. me. They're going to get me, those guys. Yeah, yeah. So I could really connect the emotion to the experience there. Yeah. yeah. I could, one of the, it's the only game that I lose complete control in. I'm lying on the ground, I'm kicking and screaming, I'm <laughs> trying to pull out them some karate maneuvers. I would do anything to get out of the way of those things. They remind me a lot of the... I don't know really what they were. They were kind of like hopping dogs, I would say, from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Remember they had, like, Krang and his cronies had these little hopping dogs. They had mechanical teeth. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and they were quite hard in the game. But um, these things remind me a bit of them. Um, there's actually really not much else to um, to connect that particular demo to that I just thought it would be interesting for something for you to try and something that's really on the outside of yeah. um of physical interaction and you wouldn't you wouldn't want to be doing this in a public space <laughs> yeah because you just end up hitting someone and i guess that was like a would you say that's a high-end virtual reality game yeah well it's basically they make the game engine they have acts they know exactly how their game engine's coming and they wanted to show off everything it can do yep. um unfortunately they always seem to go for shooters i wish i wish they would do like a less violent demo one of these days but I guess apocalypse and explosions and things are the best way to show off some of those technologies. Yeah. And like probably some of the things that you may not have picked up on that I did as a game designer is just how... Um, like Actually, when you smash things, all these little points of energy come towards you. Oh, yeah. it's, it's very mathematically... It's, like a, it's beautifully done because everything smashes and goes away from you, then actually it finds you even if you're teleporting and moving and they all migrate towards you and end up landing back in your gun you get bullets back etc right. um, 
And you can also... You, I can see you tapping away the bullets yeah. with your gun as they come towards you. That reminds me, just a, as a, a side topic, but um, there is... Um, and I sent you a link to it. I'm not sure if you actually checked it out, but... Anyway, at one of the local universities, they're having a, um, a field day in October and it's basically featuring this zombie hunting game. And it touches on this idea of when we, we were talking about mixed reality, what is it? Mm-hmm. And I guess what they do is they map out an environment and they, it's, uh, you know, there's no latency. Are you trying to say that university students are zombies? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Um, no, but like uh, in this game, uh, so basically they mix virtual reality with with reality so people are actually moving through an actual uh, environment mm-hmm. like upstairs downstairs okay. but they have the virtual reality gear on mm-hmm. and the virtual world is imposed upon that is so, it augmented or is... no it's not augmented it's, it's like it's a full vr experience oh no it's 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 augmented but it's no no what my <laughs> okay. point is is that okay. it's mixed reality yeah so no, it's sure. mixed yeah, yeah. You know. i know i know what you mean all <laughs> augmented is mixed reality now i don't think that augmented reality exists anymore you probably want to see the stairs too yeah. that's what i was thinking but you could have stairs that are layered with a different, say, colour or a different uh, skin. What kind of technology were they using just to... I don't know. You have to look at it. I don't even remember you sending me that link. I would have checked it out for yeah, sure. Yeah, you didn't reply, so I thought, I thought, you, hated, I thought you hated me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, that sounds really good. They should, they should I really me. appreciate you sending that to me. I yeah, just didn't yeah. read it. Um, there's a lot of news out there in virtual reality yeah, at the moment. So um, There is. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to segue into one of my last bits of news just because while we're on the topic of Unreal, I might as well get rid of this one. Mm. There is a thing called Datasmith that they've just released on beta uh, and you can sign up at the moment if you are a VR development, developer or yeah, any other game developer it would probably be fine for where you can take real high-end 3D graphics from, at the moment it's 3D Studio Max. If you're doing a V-Ray environment um, for um, architecture or anything like that, you can, um, up until now, you had to bake all, all your textures into the scene, and then you'd have to redo lighting and all those kinds of things. This actually brings the th- high-end 3D environment straight into the game engine, and it's, it looks incredible. Um, and so I would say anyone who's using Unreal um, or interested in that, just get onto your Epic Games launcher, and at the bottom of that, there will be uh, a little link and it will say datasmith sign up for the beta if you do want to give that a go um i just thought i'd throw that into the news of today and while we're talking about unreal so i can cross that off the list um give it a go it's uh ever as everyone knows unreal engine has a slightly and it's obviously um debatable it has a slightly more realistic looking light engine although unity is fast catching up um and so, yeah, it would be it would make sense for people working in architecture and things to be bringing that in. So check that out, Datasmith. Um, the next demo you did was mine. I'm going to yeah. put you into that. Um, I, I guess if people don't know, um, designing um, through AdLife Technologies, our company, we design simulations for people uh, with upper body mobility issues, uh, stroke patients, and those with a brain injury. Um, so just give us your two bobs worth about what you thought of that experience. Uh, well, I guess the the, th- the first thing that struck me was, is so once it once you come into the environment, um, your hands magically appear in front of you. So unlike the other games that I've been trying, where you actually have a, a physical controller in your hands, and that's how your hands are sort of 
created in the virtual environment but in your game Hmm. there was nothing attached to my hands but somehow magically they appeared how does that work that's through the power of the leap motion thank you very much leap motion for providing what is i believe the current best hand tracking tool um although there will be a lot of uh, different versions coming out i assume in the next five years um Leap Motion got there first, um, and then simple tool that obviously adds a, a huge amount of value to a virtual environment, and particularly for those who we're not trying to teach how to play a computer game, we're actually teaching them how to use their actual physical human body, Yeah. Um, that it makes sense for us to use the hands. So the idea is everything that happens well in the game should be invisible. Yeah. Um. And like so, anything within a virtual environment, anything you do really well, you never get praised for. Uh, you only get praise or only get information about the things that didn't work. Yeah. Um. Which is fine. And so we try to make everything as transparent <laughs> as possible. So just take us through, uh, what you were doing and. Okay. So the, uh, <laughs> well, the, the first thing that I did was I I, I quickly um. I, I skipped the instructions, which Dash got very upset about, <laughs> and uh, I went straight into this. But I found it enjoyable anyway. Anyway, there's a there's a table that's tiltable, a tiltable table with four corners, uh, and basically there's four holes. And the idea is that you select a ball color, it drops down from the sky, and then you basically try and maneuver the table by tilting it at various angles to get the ball to go into the same color. So if you have a blue ball, it's got to go into a blue pocket. And so there was a blue, a red, a yellow, and a green. Green, yes. But there is green. Dave kept on telling me there's, but there is no green game. There's no there's green in no the green actual game. game. <laughs> it's just there to, as a to put you off. Yeah, and I'm um, like, what do you mean? But there is a green ball anyway. So you basically have to match up the. There'll be instructions on which ball is coming down and which uh, pocket you have to get it into. Pretty much. It's all about pattern recognition, um, understanding just the 3D environment, being able to follow instructions, be able to keep three or more um, uh, instructions in your head at one time. Um, So for on our level, it's we're not as interested in the game. Well, we want to make it fun, of course, but we wanted to have all these different aspects, plus being able to uh, use multiple hands for multiple jobs, um, being able to switch hands to do certain tasks, um, reaching, looking, scanning, mm. there's a whole bunch of things in there. So yeah, like, um, I guess it is what it is. Um, we probably don't need to go into too much about gameplay and stuff either. People will try it or they won't try it. Um, and yeah, it's just basically a new idea of how we're going to interact with things. Anything else you want to say on that before we move on? Um, I guess, you know, I mean, I was, I was impressed, you know, I must admit, um, I guess, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very easy to use, uh, game and, um, I guess the only negative thing that I would say about it, which doesn't necessarily have to be a negative thing is that I was busily trying to use two hands at the same time <laughs> and, um, uh-huh. cause there's two handles on the table and I'm sort of like going... Yeah, we actually, we did have that working at one point. And so uh, we were using something called the Interaction Engine, 
Um, so you could so you actually you could use thumbs up to convey messages to the computer oh, that you were that happy. That was cool. That was really cool. Um, and if you, I don't know if you noticed on the side of the scoreboard that it keeps a tally of all the different hand positions you put your hands in over a period of time. It has a oh. left and right hand, and it has a keeps a tally of every hand position you do oh, okay. from each hand on the other side. Yep, yeah. Um, we're using we we're just using a couple of different hand um, positions currently. Um, it's more just to show what the future of this kind of technology will be when we get access to like um, more robust equipment that can do really really refined movements and mm. um, we also want to store other body data um, yep but yeah like uh, if it did seem simple that's good because mm. we don't want people using it um, to see the technology like any of this yeah. like obviously robot recall um, that's probably like a quarter million dollar <coughs> um, piece of software there um, that you know, like uh, people, you know, everyone wants to be appreciated for their work, but at the same time, we want it to everything to feel natural. Um, so there you go. Hopefully, we'll be able to bring out some really more complex, um, like actually, well, hopefully, eventually, it'll be thought-powered environments with physical movements paired together. So you put your hands in a certain position, and then you think, activate, um, which means you won't falsely activate things like you can do now when you're just moving your hands around willy-nilly. Yeah. Um, okay, and so I'm going to jump into a little bit of like local news. Um, so I went to the opening of Open State yesterday in Adelaide, um, which was exciting because, and it's about everything. They had about eating bugs, uh, oh, yeah. the future of food, the future of uh, oh, yeah. energy, the future of... Um, uh, and then things like health, obviously, are important to a, an up-and-coming city. Um, and so there was a whole bunch of things health and I'm going to be doing a talk on the October the 7th um, which is called virtual or real nature the changing face of therapy and we're going to talk about so many different aspects of how we are not only using software and things like that and virtual reality to uh, change therapy but we even have like a landscape gardener coming and uh, who actually focuses on designing gardens that are p designed to calm people that have brain injury Oh, yeah. down um, which is really interesting so it goes from the macroscopic to the microscopic of of different ways to interact with the environment I guess the other thing about Adelaide is it's science week this week I went to see um, um, some people from the mod which is the new um, it stands for three letters of something museum <laughs> mu museum of <laughs> discovery <laughs> It's the Museum of Discovery at UniSA, oh, yeah. um, and it's going to be a combination between a really futuristic uh, art centre and the yeah. and the Investigator Science Centre. Although they didn't like the idea that they were being compared to that, oh, because okay. they want to, it to be more existential than <clears throat> pure science. Okay. Um, but they also um, want it to be a drop-in centre for anyone that wants to understand more futuristic sciences. Yeah. So that's exciting too. I'm not going to the talk today, but they're talking about space today and what the what the different frontiers are going to be moving in space and tomorrow's microbiome which I may drop into mm -hmm. um, and I think anyone that's interested in like high level virtual reality is obviously interested in um, well it's it, they kind of go hand in hand which is weird like quantum physics molecular biology that kind of thing mm -hmm. it just if you're interested in um, these worlds you're obviously interested in this world the one we perceive to be the real world. <laughs> and, um, That's right. Have you heard of the Matrix Station? 
<laughs> the Matrix. That's a great animation. <laughs> the Matrix. Have you seen that? Is that's, that what we're in? It's so funny. Are we in the Matrix? <laughs> no, you got to check out the Matrix. <laughs> Everyone, see, check out the cartoon. It's the funniest thing you'll ever see, and it's also sad because it's about killing animals. Oh right. Um, I'm okay. I'm a vegetarian, so I don't have to feel bad. Uh, but you do. Um, <laughs> you're not actually, because I've seen you eat prawns and fish. So I have eat prawns, but you know, they're, they're basically like, you're one of those guess, spiders guess, of the ocean. Shh, don't tell anyone. But Daish is not a vegetarian. I'm not a vegetarian. He's not really. He's one of those people who pretends he is. Do you know? It's prawns are arachnids, so they're actually spiders. So they're not they're not considered animals because oh, it's a technicality. But see, he's one of those guys. Yeah. Anyway, I'll let Don't get away tune out our two listeners right now because we are going to talk about virtual reality again. <laughs> um, so we're talking about Science Week. Science Week, I think we got past that. Uh, and then, boom, <clears throat> Catalyst. Boom, Catalyst. So I believe, like, if anyone has been listening, I would say the last month was AI month because AI has yeah. completely blown virtual reality and augmented reality yes. out of the water. But yeah. it's we're back in effect because Catalyst and Dr. Jordy, I think, had his... Um, yeah. Um, who's a great guy and an interesting fellow and he's pushing new robotics and virtual reality mm-hmm. um, and I didn't see the show Garth saw the show I want you to tell us basically what they were talking about and then give us an opinion about whether it was good bad otherwise um, well like I, I got home and switched on the TV and luckily it was there and um, I thought oh geez, this is right up Daisha's alley I better that even though it's on TV, but um, basically what Dr. Jordy was talking about mainly was also like uh, topics similar to what we're talking about and what Daisha's interested in, in how um, virtual reality will be used in therapy. Uh, that was one of the main topics. And also how virtual reality will be used uh, as a way to, to enhance our experiences and memories um, of loved ones and also creating what's called virtual clones. So. He spent, like, when I'll talk about uh, virtual cloning, so basically he went to this, uh, you know, really high-tech um, uh, place in America where they basically have this dome of cameras and lights, and it basically takes your photo... It's called photogrammetry. That's it, photogrammetry, yep. and it takes your photo he was talking from about, every yeah. angle in all these different shades mm. to create a virtual clone of your face and your body. And That's right. He showed me the demo of of what he was working on. So he, I saw him standing behind himself in a weird demo. Yeah. And so um, what are the applications of that um, was, for instance, we might be watching on TV, say, Donald Trump uh, giving a speech, and it might actually be a virtual clone of him, and we can't tell the difference. <laughs> you know, like... Um, <laughs> That's a terrible example. It's a terrible example. You could actually put, like, a piece of spam on stage, and you'd probably not... <laughs> But um, so so it had that sort of application where, um, you know, what what are we looking at? But um, then he went into sort of how this technology was being used for, say, um, people to have interactions, say, with Holocaust uh, survivors, and they they basically recorded and also captured, um, you know, them telling their stories, so that you mm. could stand in front of, say, the the display and basically ask questions. An AI engine similar to Siri would basically recognize and respond with a but pre-recorded answer. I'm going to rebut mm-hmm. this to a certain degree because um, photogrammetry is just three-dimensional video. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a voxelated screen, which is a holographic screen, mm-hmm. you could play it back and look at it from multiple angles, but they are not... There's no AI about... It would have to have every <coughs> single possible answer saved into it, and no, then no. the AI would choose one of the videos to play. Exactly, yeah. It's similar to Siri, you know, like you can say, Siri, what are you thinking about? 
and she will answer, you know, uh, something. You She'd know. be like, she would accidentally try and Google Have it you for ever you. Have you done it? Like, I've, I've done it. Like, uh, <laughs> don't, don't do it now. Don't do it now? No, no, don't do it you now. You sure? Yeah, totally don't it's, do it now. It's, it's hilarious though. You should try it. You should what try you? asking her really personal questions. And um, I don't want to do that. And um, <laughs> in, and see, probably the only thing that Siri is actually good for is actually saying weird, quirky things when you don't want her to. Yeah. And like, she rarely gives you anything, so, any good information. So that's right. There is like a, you know, a limited selection of answers. But we'll move on from that. Anyway, one of the most interesting applications is that he talked about, um, imagine if you had a relative who was about to die. Um, say it's your father. Mm-hmm. And you could create a virtual clone of him mm-hmm. whilst he's still reasonably healthy so that after he's passed, you could visit him and talk to him whenever you wanted to, you know. So that was one of the projects that they did. And they actually got this old Italian couple and they got the old Italian fella and they created a virtual um, simulation of him and basically tested it out with his wife and his daughter to, to see how their responses were. And, you know, it sort of was really effective at um, simulating the feel of that person, of the old fella, even though this old fellow didn't die, but they, they was really good at that. And also, I'm confused, i got to yeah. say, because like, once again, e- either you're making a video of someone that's still alive, yeah. or you're making a simulation of them after their death. Like, let's just say you want to have a cup of tea with Hitler or whatever and sit yeah. down with him. Yeah. You would have to do an a AI-controlled 3D character, mm-hmm. um, and they would have the AI based on cross-referencing pieces of history, etc. Yeah. Um, but then if you're actually doing your father, for example... Mm-hmm. Um, and if your father's like in his deathbed and you do it then he'll be in his deathbed in the, in the experience exactly so the idea um, is to do it before um, you know is to basically it'd be the similar thing to taking a photograph of someone but instead you would create it'd a be book. like Obi-Wan helping Obi-Wan Kenobi you're my only help and it'd, just, it'd be dead on a loop kind of but you, I guess the idea is that you pre-record multiple responses and you could probably figure out what most people would ask um, you know, say their father, if they were to, you know, have a conversation. It could be like a magic eight ball. You know. <laughs> Dad, should I buy a new car? And he'd be like, yes, no. The, um, it was, <laughs> it's maybe. Just, it's just, it, well, the program just gave insight into the possibilities of it, I suppose, you know. And, of course, it filtered out. It's not, it's not mm. actually technology that's being used. It's not practical. No one's, no one's actually, I mean, probably limited amount of people have actually used it. But it was just demonstrating the capabilities of its potential use in the yeah. future. I guess if like we do have blend videos now. Like I, I went to the Adobe conference, not this year, but the year before, I think. Um, and when you record an interview, it will actually splice out all the ums and ahs of oh, yeah. the video and the audio together. Oh, yeah. Um, any space in between, it'll also cut out and it just mm-hmm. tightens up. You can actually say how tight you want your interview to be yep. and it'll actually go through and edit it all for you. <laughs> Technically, if we did use this voxelated video, um, then we could splice between multiple versions of a person and as long as we can get every phonetic sound mm-hmm. into them so they could sit there going, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then red, you could actually red, 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 you could red, actually red, use everything single mouse shape to to get yeah, them. But yeah, then there would be the AI talking. It wouldn't be them. Well, that's right. Yeah, it's um the AI part of that would only recognise you know what the question was and try and associate an appropriate answer with it. So you know it might be sort of like say if it was a, a VR simulation of you, Daesh, um, and say it was your son. Your son might be prone to ask you something like, "What's your strongest memory of me?" or what was your favourite thing about 
me or, or, you know, it's probably all about me, you know, like people who are asking questions are probably wanting to find out or relive those moments, you know. It'll just be one of these days, Alice, pow, yeah. <laughs> to the moon. Or, or tell, me a, <laughs> tell me one of your favourite stories about so-and-so or what do you remember yeah, about your I find, hometown, that kind of thing. I, I find this fascinating and I, mm. I'm one of the people that would be a total supporter of this where other people would be like freaking out going, ooh, you guys That's right, that? yeah. But at the same time, I'm not like overly I'm not to the point of enthusiasm where I just overlook the logistical nightmares that could possibly be coming up (laughs) and and what's the real benefit anyway I mean apart from uh, giving someone a a really brief emotional uh, experience I mean how many times are they going to want to use that say if we did I would say as a tool like looking at a photo it's great have a chat to your dad or have the same conversation and you could probably yeah. Um, I saw someone give a presentation the other day and they were talking to their computer and she was like, she was presenting this AI to me and I was like, this is amazing. And then I actually asked her a question and the AI on the, <laughs> the computer kept talking and it was all, she actually just timed her questions perfectly to it. Oh, yeah. And I was like, and I was like, are you just saying all the questions at the right time? She was like, yeah, it's not, it doesn't have AI. It's just a YouTube video. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, wow, this is really amazing. And then I was like... Oh my god! Like um, so she'd pretty rehearsed. Yeah, but I was like that. You could go in. You could, yeah. And if you wanted to recreate a situation, yeah. But then you'd have to recreate the situation that of when you were in the studio. So you you couldn't say recreate my fifteenth birthday or recreate that. It would have to be unless you and your dad recreated that. Um, like you both got dressed up and pretended you <laughs> you're in that environment. Well, I guess bringing it back to the Holocaust survivor telling your story, you could see how it would be useful, say, if you went to visit a museum and then you went to the museum and you had an interactive experience mm. with a Holocaust survivor. Or, um, they're are they using iPads for that? I don't know. How do you see them? Uh, they're, they're, they're on a, a two-dimensional screen. They're on a screen. What's the point of that? They could have just done a video. Well, uh, that one was more demonstrating the, the AI capability of it. So it's recognising the questions that the person is asking. Okay, and, yeah, yeah, okay. responding, so with pre, pre-recorded... Mm. But none of that requires photogrammetry. You'd have to actually pop no. out of a box or something like that with a <laughs> augmented screen or an you iPad. Use the boxy box. Yeah, the boxy box yeah, the would boxy be a box. perfect use of that. You'd have to be a very small character. <clears throat> I'm not trying to like poo-poo the idea. I'm just saying that. No, no, it's right. Sometimes, so, like, there's no point spending millions on getting this thing right and then showing it on a 2D screen at the end. For, for me, I guess that show um, demonstrated like in an immediately understandable and recognizable way. Um, how uh, virtual reality and artificial intelligence technology is really going to influence our lives in the future. Mm. I mean, <clears throat> it's quite interesting. I'm not sure also on that point, AI week, uh, you know, like I've watched... The Science Week. Oh, no. Like, in AI week? No, no, but on uh, they've been showing a series of movies oh, okay. recently. All right. I, and, uh, I love that, um, what is it called? Um, Ex Machina. It's a great film, you know. Where, oh, yeah, sure. Where yeah, it yeah. creates this artificial intelligence and, uh, you know, like a, yeah, yeah. She a robot. Him. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the idea... Just hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, the idea is that, like, to test her artificial intelligence, she has to use all these different, um, like, seduction, manipulation, uh, intelligence, yeah. and all these things. And the idea is that she was... The a... double bluff. That's yeah. the best one. If an AI can do a double bluff... It's like a crow that can make a tool to do a tool. And I come. <laughs> yeah. And it's, a, it's the AI double bluff. Anyway, check um, it out. If, um, but interesting interesting show on Catalyst. I do recommend checking it out. Yeah, go back on iView. Uh, the date was Tuesday, was it? Tuesday. Tuesday, the um, two days ago is from... Uh, so the 15th. 15th. Yeah. Um, of, uh, 
Oh, um, August. <laughs> Where I, are we? Um, dates yeah. aren't my obviously my forte. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna I'm gonna segue here because I can, and um, and I think actually I can actually spin this into a segue. Yeah. Um, Working magic. Because I think this is anti-social VR, which is not saying it's anti-social. It's just the opposite of social VR, mm. where is there's and that was going to be my my question for you today. We have the word of the day. Um, so social VR, and you you do have an insight to it because I gave you a, mm-hmm. a chance to try alt space today, which is still alive. Thank you, everyone. Um, we were expecting yeah. it to be shut down last week. I um, think I was anti-social VR in alt space today. <laughs> yeah, just because some people won't stop talking sometimes. Not you. I mean, no, no. in social VR, I feel I actually felt. Uh, we'll get onto that. Let's I'll continue. Sorry, I'm just saying because <laughs> social VR and well, tell me what what do you think social VR is. Okay, so will social VR, for instance, um, you know, Facebook VR would be social VR, I'd imagine. Yeah, sure. Or well, it's alt, getting there. Alt space is uh, an example of social VR where you can go into a virtual re- environment and socialize with real people through their avatars. Yeah, pretty much. I think that's a pretty good um, understanding of social VR. So there are actually other humans in there. Yeah, through the through mm. an avatar, you can interact with them or at the very least talk to them. Um, and so that the, the way I'm saying. Um, that the other one's anti-social VR because it's actually simulating a person but it's AI. This is almost actually simulating a robot but it's a person. And like they look like a robot or they look like they're a weird avatar but they're actually there's a regular Joe that's usually from South America. Not South America but Southern, Southern North America. America. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why is that? Uh, I don't know. Like, these guys just love VR obviously and, or it's just a big country. I, I can see how it'd be really uh, beneficial, say, for someone who who was say wheelchair bound or perhaps uh, disfigured or something like that. It would be mm. amazingly useful. They could they could they could be free of all those yeah. limitations. Go dating forever and then never actually meet. <laughs> and, um, but um, yeah, like there's obviously a huge um, like the social VR will be absolutely massive. It'll be the most important aspect of VR, and people won't even realise that there was a non-social VR eventually. Mm. Um, Although, like, as a gamer, I never play online games. I don't play shooting games, for one, which is usually what people yeah. play online. But I don't, I don't really I feel don't like I want to play games yeah. with other people, unless yeah. they're sitting next to me on my couch. I enjoy the story, I guess. You know? And some people, I guess, uh, a lot of people I know, they like playing online games. Cause they, but, but, but what they do is they team up with friends. Mm. You know, and I don't really do that. Um, so, but, but I guess maybe it's our generation, because we come from an older generation where we're not used to that technology. But I'm happy to do it in and social VR because I, I know there's a person there and I know I've never met them and I know they probably um, have something interesting to, to tell me and I also know that they can't hurt me and I can just go away from them if I don't want to see them. At mm. Worst case scenario, I'll just take the headset off and make farting noises next to it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that anti-social VR? That's kind of anti-social VR. <laughs> and, um, I went to see Reggie Watts in, in alt space do a, a stage show and I, I couldn't, to tell you the truth, and I was too nervous because it was my first time in Space VR to yell out and heckle. Not, I didn't want to heckle, but I wanted to ask questions to see... If it was actually him. No, it was definitely him, but I wasn't sure if it was pre-recorded. pre-recorded. Yeah, how would you know? Because if you don't get to interact with them, you don't know... Because he was saying jokes and stuff, and he was saying the funniest stuff. He was pretending to be in zero gravity and walking on the moon. Okay. He did ask questions to us, but right. I, then I, I thought later... He would be, you, could, you could figure out what the responses would be. Yeah, because yeah. he the questions he asked were simple enough that no one was going to say no to them. I would say that, and they're just people cheering. 
Otherwise, he was like, "Who here smokes marijuana?" That's what he was talking yeah, about for ages. And then everyone's like, "Yay!" Yeah. <laughs> it's got, yeah. Because imagine it's just crickets. Yeah. <laughs> then one guy came and started breakdancing and took over the show. Oh right. Like, you can't get on stage, but there's a guy ah, next to me, oh, and he right. was like, because he had hands and legs, and he was sliding, and you can do this kind of slide maneuver. And then we actually had a dance off in the middle of Reggie Watch show, and Reggie Watch didn't say, "Hey people, hey. shut up and watch my show." So yeah. that made me think. Because he just kept going, and I was like, oh my god, I think so it's pre-recorded. Was it, was it a situation where it was like, okay, you had to sort of sign up to an event, like Reggie Watts is going to be on at this particular yeah, yeah. time, on this particular day, and you had to be there? Yep. So I guess that's, that's interesting, isn't it? It, it sort of um, combines the, that reality, because you know, one of the benefits of um, all technology and, and uh, you know, social, social media is that you don't have to be there at a specific time. You can watch it at your own convenience. I think if you're going to go to a Dell concert yeah. or something where you, you're a passive observer anyway, mm. then it's fine. And actually, I, I realised when I was watching this going, if I can't ask questions, it doesn't matter if he's live or not. Yeah, and I I thought maybe he was just really professional because so we were just fucking around live, and like pe- people were being very silly in the audience <clears throat> because you can. Yeah, and um, and then so I thought maybe he's just being very professional and ignoring all the silliness out there in in the yeah the, this whatever they yeah, call the audience. You know, I think he's doing called. his performance and he's probably used to it. In reality, people I heckle think him. And probably he is in there a lot. I think probably some of his shows compared to some of the other people because they had um. Little blue dot. Carl Sagan. Did they have Carl Sagan? Carl Sagan. No, they didn't have Carl Sagan. Who did they have? No, no, it wasn't Carl Sagan. Um, oh. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Oh, anyway. Anyway. Um, a scientist, <laughs> and you can actually go and ask him actual questions, and you'd no. be like, I want to ask you questions about current oh, physics okay. and things like that. Yep, yep. That's a perfect use of social VR, because yep. you'd never get access to that person. <laughs> you know, someone that... Obviously, it has high security. If you wanted to have a chat to Beyonce, you'd probably do it in social VR because oh, she yeah, yeah. wouldn't let you stand next to her. I'm yeah, yeah sure. that's true. Um, yeah. Her entourage wouldn't. Um, and that this is actually giving people a chance, you know, like the Make a Wish Foundation or whatever. Someone's like dying of cancer and they say, <laughs> I want to meet Jack Nicholson or whatever. I don't yeah. know why I chose him. But um, instead of the incredible amount of organization and um, and money and time that it would take to get Jack Nicholson next to you, yep. you could actually have a social VR experience with him. It would take uh, very little of his time and obviously make it more feasible for him to say yes to doing that kind of thing. And this is where it ties in with that VR clone situation. You know, you could have any, like, say, t- television interviews. Um, you could have virtual meetups with um, people and it, you could literally be talking to someone. And if the clone was good enough, It'd be very hard for you to tell the difference between... Yeah, but I still feel... And this is like this is almost the opposite of the argument mm-hmm. I had the other day because I was arguing the opposite point-ish. Uh, well, my point was reality is what you believe. And so someone was like, going to the Eiffel Tower is more real than going to a virtual Eiffel Tower. And I was like, no, it's not. Not if you don't believe it is. But then actual Jack Nicholson and virtual Jack Nicholson, mm. I think that is a difference. I want... Well, I want Because I don't want an AI that seemingly they could put anyone's personality into it and it would be a conglomerate of all the different programmers personalities plus that person i would assume no um, but i guess the idea is is that it would just be his avatar that would be cloned but he would still be driving it behind like oh so he's actually talking yeah yeah like he would still be the person talking oh, okay but you know, he would makes be sense. using the virtual clone as his avatar yeah. Yeah. If you went, if you wanted, you know, if you're in the Make a Wish Foundation, I'm going to keep that story going. Yeah. And you did want Jack Nicholson. It would be stupid if he dressed up like 
Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> or if he was like some weird, uh, you know, like avatar. I would want him to look like himself. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what I mean. <laughs> and that's where the, the crossover um, goes. Anyway, what, what, where were we going with that one? I've sort of, we've come off, off of track a little no, bit. No, no, well, we're still in social okay. VR. Social uh, VR. I guess the social other VR. news was what I was going to talk about mm-hmm. is that Old Space did officially shut down the other day, and then there was a very um, uh, famous tweet by Palmer Lucky, <laughs> and so for people that are not in the know that never heard the name Palmer Lucky, mm-hmm. um, he uh, supposedly invented the Oculus. Okay. Um, he did the original Kickstarter, and he he did he did make the Oculus. Although there are other companies saying that he did um, commandeer some of their technology, but you've got to you've got to really hand it to him. He still basically put the Oculus together, mm-hmm. um, and so he said with his billions of dollars that he might dig Alt Space out of their financial debt, because mm-hmm. um, Alt Space basically tried to cover every single peripheral. Including mobile phone, Vive, Gear VR, Google Daydream, um, Oculus Touch, etc. Um, and then I think they spread themselves too thinly, and then when they they couldn't sustain a continuous launch, um, and so um, I just think it was interesting that possibly Palmerlucky uh, gave them some money so they didn't go out of business, um, but he possibly also didn't. We haven't got enough information right now. Um, but that's the news for everyone out there. If you have some VR gear, definitely get into Alt Space. Um, it took me a little bit of time to want to try it, um, and th- and then it was instantly addictive. I had a, a meeting with some guys in Germany and some guys in Perth at the same time, um, and uh, I could see the value of it immediately because I could yep. at least see a representation of their facial expression. Um, I'm gonna actually segue here again. Uh, using facial expression, there's a conglomerate of seven companies, which are AOI, um, they're back in the field, Altitude, Blue Meme, Fove, which we know for their eye tracking, Neurosky, Upfrontier, and Brees and Co. And um, they are using uh, kind of a modified version of Fove and eye tracking technology um, to, they say, emotion capture. Um, I would say it's at the very primitive end of it, and they're doing it mainly for advertising at the moment. Um, so they're using facial expression to see how people react to different advertising. Um, the, I guess the mechanical advantage of that is that the screen is so close to their face um, that they can easily track what they're looking at on the screen. Uh, they use EEG to get their brain waves, and they compare that to heart rate. Um, I would assume that the more beautiful use of that technology would be um, using that in social VR to actually do more realistic facial expression. Yeah. Someone, If you offend someone, you should be able to see it on their face. Yeah. Um, and I, that would be the nicer way to use social, I mean, facial expression in a social VR environment, I would say. But it's interesting. Like, uh, obviously, money comes first for a lot of companies. Otherwise, you end up like old space and you do have to shut that's, down. That's, that's the, the catch with technology, isn't it? Is that they're always trying to figure out how to use it to, to make us buy more things. Um, mm. And that seems to be the main driver of, you know, of the technology sometimes. You know, we've got to figure out how to make them buy more things, you know. Well, it makes, it makes sense. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, these companies are spending lots and lots of money... Getting these technologies. Yeah. What's the commercial think, application? And um, as we we become we've become a more community focused society over the last five years, 
and and we're accelerating into that, which is kind of weird. You think we were already going through that in the sixties, going on, but um, I think technology has to have a purpose more than ever now. Where they were just trying everything out back in the day, and we are like uh, using sustainable things to build your house with, and having a more sustainable life is obviously important to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like social VR and things like that, will also come into the fray. But at the end of the day, um, like people will complain when Facebook put advertising on, but mm-hmm. why? Why does Facebook owe you a, a social media platform? Like, yeah, um, they're still a company like <clears throat> anyone else. So but, I guess we can expect that that they'll you know this technology will be released to the uh, the general public to use for a period of time without any consequence or without any expectation that will be you know bombarded with uh you know yeah. like or just uh, the r&d will be paid for by advertising yeah and once they have a good enough product then they'll roll it out in a more consumer version so the rich pay for the poor that's usually how technology rolls out so the yeah. first time you get it, the first tesla was like you know you yeah. pay a million dollars for it they're talking about rolling them out for under thirty thousand. yeah that's right um yep. and so you can you can see how that goes. I'm actually pretty interested in that and we're gonna try and incorporate that in our stroke rehabilitation too. Yep. Um facial expression, EEG and heart it'd be the exact same combination really. Yeah, it's um, good for collecting data and especially yeah. in rehabilitation sort of scenario, um yeah, like sort of collecting as much data about the responses of the the patient is important. Yeah. Um actually the funniest the funny name of that thing is called VR Oat if you want to look it up, uh, which stands for VR on-air test. Um, oh. And I think they're mainly Japanese-based companies, and so that may be the reason why that sentence doesn't totally stand up. But <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that like, in Japan, all uh, acronyms have some uh, extra meaning. Oh, like, you know, all acronyms do have an extra meaning, but I think you're explaining that to me as I well. I think, well, they, they, just, they would have chosen these words for their own particular reason. Like, Tamagotchi means something... Um, Tama means egg. Um, got it means for egg friend. Yeah. yeah. Tamadachi so, is a friend, and tama, tamago is a, an egg. Yeah. And so it's a combination of those two words. Um, you know. They do make a lot of words up, like brappy. Oh yeah. You know what brappy is? Uh, uh, pusp. Pusp. Yeah. <laughs> brappy is what they call bread pit. <laughs> anyway, let's not go into that. Um, the only other news I had was Firefox has officially rolled out web VR. It's been a 18 months ago, I got my first um, Firefox version that had VR in it, right. and I put the Oculus DK2 onto it, and I had a great time. It was me and no one else in a simulated web store, which you can't buy anything. But it was <laughs> full VR running on Firefox. Um, handy, very handy. Um, and so I think that's interesting. I just wanted to throw that into news of the week. Uh, if you, so the, the Firefox you update to next will have VR built into it. I wonder if you can use it without a headset, if it has like a th- just a three-dimensional environment, okay. like running Unity web player. Um, I will get back to everyone about that. I reckon that's probably all the news for today. Um, I, I'm not sure if there's anything more to talk about. Yeah, um, I think we've covered it all. Yeah, so um, I just want to say thanks to everyone for logging in and checking us out. Um, we now that alt space is going to be continuing, we will maybe even organize a group that we can all go into alt space together at one time. Oh, yeah, um, sounds good. And then, uh, anything else you want to add in there for today? No, no, that's it, mate. Okay, cool. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.